Do you like to read? Are you tired of the podcasts out there that just skim the surface of books? Or how about the book clubs that are designed to just get you to buy the book? Yeah, we were tired of those too. My name is Alan, and along with my friend Phil, I was tired of all of those superficial discussions of books. We wanted something deeper. So we created this podcast for us to discuss what we wanted, to dive deep into the books we read. Are you ready? Because this ain't your mother's book club. This is Two Dudes with an Opinion. So I love Fridays because Fridays are not necessarily like so I don't a lot of people love them because they're the end of the week for like the end of the work week and um they like to uh they like the idea that they don't have to go to work tomorrow like that type of stuff but I like Fridays because <clears throat> it is the end of the work week but it's a day that I can work like I get to work. I do enjoy doing what I do um, on occasion, like most of the time. Uh, And then, but then the nice thing about it is like, I have set aside Friday evenings to my be, oh boy, I'm about to sneeze. And it might be gone. (laughs) You know that. Uh, Anyway, I, I like it because I set aside my Friday evenings so that my Friday evenings are my do absolutely nothing time. I I basically like I know a lot of people go out with friends and stuff on Friday evenings and I'm like, nope, nope. Friends, stay away from me. I, I see you a lot during the week and I see you a bunch over the weekend. I need Friday evening to myself. It is my time. So that's me. If you're talking, you're muted. I love mutant. I'm a mutant. Uh, I was just saying, uh, I wonder if that means you're an introvert. And oh, I know I am. <laughs> there it is. Okay, we got that out of the way, Mr. Introvert. I'm an, I'm an introvert in the sense that if I... Um, so a lot of people are... Well, all right, so one day we should read Susan Cain's uh, Quiet because I'm curious about that book. I've never really read it. Um, it's about introverts and, and stuff. And it I think it single-handedly really popularized the idea of being a, an introvert. And I think way too many people sit there and say, oh, I'm an introvert when they're really not an introvert. Um or when they say, like, they like to say that I'm an introvert, even though really they're not an introvert, they're just antisocial. And uh, because being an introvert doesn't mean that you you hate being around people. Like, I love hanging out with my group of friends. Like, I think it is, I have some of the best time uh, times out there. I love hanging out with my family. Again, I have some of the best time with, with them and everything. Um, but really what ends up happening is by Friday, by Friday, especially Friday evening, I feel so drained by everything that I, I do during the week that I need time to myself. Like I need that, that recharge period. And that's what, that's what an introvert is, is it's somebody who, when you're around other people, when you walk away, you feel tired, you feel drained, you feel worn out. 
Uh, whereas extra, an extrovert is somebody who, when they walk away from being around people, they feel energized and uh, are ready to take on the day and do stuff. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I could say I agree with that. That uh, extrovert is like a energy vampire, mm. and the introverts are just so giving mm. of their energies. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yep. So. No, but I just had to spoil that one a little bit. No, you didn't. It's actually there. There is something to that. <laughs> you didn't spoil it. It's kind of funny. <laughs> you vampires, you. <laughs> you extroverted vampires. I consider <laughs> myself a loud introvert. People uh, are like that too. Yeah, I. Uh, I do come when I when I'm in uh, groups. I come out of it tired, so I don't rip the energy out of the group. I. I pull mine internally, but that's okay. It's neither here nor there. I don't think it's a uh, anything other than just you know like how a person gets their energy. So it's, it's all very much a know yourself because when you know yourself, you can then go. Um, you can arrange your life in such a way that it, uh, yeah. That's uh, good for you. So that's fair. By the way, your mic sounds pretty good today. Oh, sweet! I brought it a little bit closer, cool. so it's kind of under my chin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Nice. And I I did order from Germany a little Germany. mic boom. Germany. I'm having them send it to the office, so hopefully it'll be fine. Hopefully, there's no problems with customs oh boy. inside the EU. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yeah, it's wild. So, all right. Now that we've got our chit chat out of the way, and as you're still arranging everything, today's topic prioritize and execute. I actually really like this one too. This is a good one. It is a solid one. This is, um, you know, this, I think this is where a lot of people fall apart and this is where you find somebody who uh, has potential for leadership. I want to hear this. Probably not. I want to hear your so, opinion on that because I, that's kind of a cool point. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, uh, the ability to focus or, in other words, prioritize is uh, what sent somebody aside from uh, being able to be a leader. And I don't think everybody has that ability. I think it can be enhanced, but I don't think it's uh, something that everybody's really born with or they've destroyed it through bad choices. You know, it's funny. I wonder, uh, and this is kind of like a, a debate or discussion that we could have at some point is, how much of these qualities are are people born with or how how much of it is these are things people learn over time and some people learn it at a younger age than others i just it's honestly it's a philosophical question i don't really have an answer one way or the other yeah, you know, I, I mean, I have, I have perspective, uh, opinions on it, and I don't really have enough evidence or maybe enough insight into people's real lives to know the difference. I know, I know 
I guess fortunately, or for, you know what? Fortunately, I know a lot of people that made incredibly bad decisions. It's true all the way through the life, like bad choice after bad choice after bad choice. Yeah. I don't know a lot of people that made the opposite, only good choices their whole life. That is a very good point. Very few people ever actually make really good choices. Like it's not possible <laughs> we are uh <laughs> uh we are fallen beings and, and to 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 bring in religious put it in religious terms and we suck <laughs> yeah yeah except me i'm awesome but sometimes i have not been as awesome as i would like to be <laughs> So for that comment that you put in our chat, which I, I will not share, I have lots of views on that. Some very, yeah, I do too. Some very interesting ones that are, I think, I think get to a lot of the heart issues of it. Uh, do you? By the way, so I'm trying to remember this, the anecdote that they told at the beginning of this, and I'm like this, like skimming it right now, and I don't really remember this one at all <laughs> you know i had a hard time on this whole chapter just went by very fast so yes. this is the one where it starts off they're under fire you okay. have uh like not mortars but rockets kind of going through the building bulletproof um uh armor piercing rounds going through the building they're penned down waiting for the fire to go down so they can hop up with their machine guns and tear out the bad guys <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful, right? <laughs> it's um, a great war story. Yeah, it's a good war story. And it goes all day long, right? I just imagine these big-ass bad motherfuckers um, <laughs> um, just jumping up with their machine guns and mumbling down bad guys. Where's that plink? <laughs> yeah, right. I, I didn't have time to set it up. And there was three what? in there. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, Today, well, well, I was so negligent. We'll forgive because you have had a, a crazy morning. We'll just put it day or I don't know. What time is it for you? It is four o'clock. Yeah, you've had a crazy day. Okay. So I will just throw it on the table. <laughs> Maybe we'll test out new sounds today. Yeah. The other day, I the other day I did manage to give away a bunch of it to one very old lady that was on the side of the street selling some stuff from her garden. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, just trying to, you know, so you get here. You get a lot of that where there's this there's somebody's mama. You you know you imagine it's like your mother in the situation, and you're like you know sometimes they're trying to get money for medications. They're too proud to just beg for money. Um, yeah. And, you know, they probably don't, they maybe don't even have any living children or anybody that can, uh, you know, take care of them. So the, uh, there, there's that. So I managed to give most of it to, to her. Um, and I just, you know, when I given when I'm giving money to charity, I don't like it to be about me. I, I actually, I hate that. I like to give anonymously or through a company, which they have no idea who the hell it is. So I, I just hate putting my name on the check or on the uh, on the envelope. So the um, I just kind of put it down beside her, smiled and walked away. Um, and that's just the way I think 
it all to be done. There is, you know, of course, better, maybe good ways to set, give her a blessing and say, Hey, God bless you. And so on. But I don't like the reciprocation part of that whole thing. So, yeah. I can understand all that. I, I, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I get it. So since we're, we don't really have a ton from that anecdote. Oh, so let me keep going. Oh yeah. yeah, um, yeah then. So th- this is just the beginning, right? It goes all day. The, um, and then they're, they're, uh, during the day, they're, they're assault, they're attacking people. They only have, they have one entrance where they can, can come in and out of. Mm-hmm. And they know that in the past, there's a whole team that was wiped out because when they went to leave, they had placed a IED by the door and just blew up everybody as they're leaving. So, and they had like a, a, a 155 round, like a, a bomb, a bullet big, like this big. Big and right. And they would have been, it would have been spectacular uh, if the enemy, you know, won that one for them, at least um, they would have been on the news and like generations of people would have gone to heaven um, and all that. But um, fortunately they saw it, they set up a, a explosive to get rid of it on the way out, not to have that hit somebody else or some citizens. Cause you got to keep in mind, they're still trying to keep the general population without being murdered. Yep. <laughs> so it's, it's such a hard balance. A lot of people came out of the, this uh, region very disgruntled because they couldn't trust anybody. You know, they kind of made friends over there. They're kind of stabbed in the back. Um, it, it was just hard, right? So, but you got to keep in mind that these people were living in this situation and um like they're like the regular population there is really a, just a target for all these international interests. Um, that's not part of the story. That's just experience and insight. Uh, for yeah. whatever that's worth. The, um, yeah. So go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, there's a lot of, of, There is a lot of bad feelings with people who served in Iraq and Afghanistan uh, between them and the government and the military in general. There, There's a lot of bad feelings um, around all that. And a lot goes back to um, kind of like the... So there's another book that we talk uh, that I, I like, uh, and it's really good. It's called Crucial Conversations. And one of the first principles that they talk about whenever you're having like a, a hard conversation with somebody is you need to sit down and start with why. What are like why are you talking to this person? What are you both trying to get out of this? What are you both trying to to move towards? Those types of things. And so part of the reason part of the reason why a lot of these people who came from there um, and have bad feelings is what's the why? Like the why of Afghanistan and Iraq I got really lost in a lot of different ways and and reasons. So it's just, yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's a whole, there are books and books and books of people who are much smarter than I am, who are much more well-read than I I am more focused. (laughs) 
Yeah, they're definitely more focused on it who have written and, and stuff. I just have general views on it and it makes me sad. But that's just because I don't like seeing military people upset over things. You introverts so. with your feelings. I have um, no feelings. <laughs> you say that. Um, so, agreed. Um, so, they, they're going through the day. And just because I don't like the feel, emotional conversation we're about to fall into. because they're, So, they're going through the day. And I don't want to go into any emotional conversation. <laughs> I, I said, I have no feelings. I, don't, I have no feelings. Um, moving on. We've, we hashed that one out. Um, good talk. Uh, so, they're going through all the day. And they, it's getting late. And they know they got to get it out there, out of there, or they're really going to be overrun. Yep. Um, so th- they they make an exit, and it ends up being they didn't make a really good choice with the exit. One guy tries to go through where they thought was a a, a, a solid balcony, and it ended up just being a uh, a tarp. And the guy falls through the roof. <laughs> the tarp. I remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And luckily, he lands on his backpack. They don't tell you oh. this until the end. Yeah, but, um, really? this, it's not like the movies where where you're you're watching like Aladdin running through the streets and he jumps down onto a tarp and the tarp bounces him onto another tarp. It's not like that at all. Yeah, no, he has stitches. Yeah, so but he's he's fine. There, nobody knows if he like broke his neck, if he destroyed his spine, if he has a broken leg or a hip or something. Right? He's just down there trying to be quiet because they know. If they if uh, they've already made a noise to make this hole, right? They're yep. under fire all day, and they're trying to get out discreetly. So this guy's just trying not to cry, right? <laughs> <laughs> With his arm bleeding and not, not knowing what he broke. Um, we laugh, but <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, it's uh, funny. So what can I say? Hey, so we can laugh they, because um, he survived, right? And now, so now they're 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 trying to figure out how to get out of here alive <laughs> they're still facing fire they still have a mission to do which is kill as many bad guys as possible they they still have to destroy that ied by the front door mm-hmm. and they're in a place where they can't really call for support uh, unless they're taking heavy casualties because uh Basically, the tanks and Abrams are going to come through there, destroy the buildings around them, and it'll become a bloodbath for everybody. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably a lot. Probably, there'll be probably like civilian casualties that they don't want. Um, so something they try to avoid. So they have a lot going on, and they're trying to essentially just balance everything that's going on. And um, it's kind of he's. You almost don't understand that this entire story is them in one place all day long for like yep. 20 hours. Like they went there the night in the night and they were fighting from one position that has one exit for like 20 hours. Mm-hmm. That's my understanding. Does, does that sound right to you? Yeah, it does. That's kind of my understanding as well. It's kind of. It's just insane to think about some of this stuff that these guys were put under. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, bad at, uh, just uh, real tough guys. <laughs> real tough well, there's, a, there's a reason why I think this is the, the chapter or the, the time where Leif is talking about one of his chiefs and his chief uh, has a phrase called Big Tough Frogman. And yeah, BFT. You BFT in? 
You do a big mix up, you BTF out, then you do big chow. Yep, exactly. In, in, in that exact in that exact Russian type accent, yeah. Yeah, I kind of imagine like yeah, yeah then you do that, and then you do this, <laughs> you smash some shit up, you tear it up, and then you, you gotta do BFT out, and then you eat. You eat a lot, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yup. So yeah, no. So, I, I, anything else? Um, that's all I can think of. I just have fun with that. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I love that. I'm just. Yep. Sorry. I am sitting here thinking about this as you're talking about it and trying to think where we want to go because so a lot of it is very much um, they're, they're being presented with a, a ton of problems like all, especially a ton of problems all at once and like how many times does that happen to us in our lives like it happens fairly regularly now we can set aside the fact that hey guess what these guys were uh these guys were fighting for their lives you know yeah we'll just that, we'll just set so that that's aside. like a little salt and pepper to the story so what yeah, yeah, yeah you know just just gives it a little extra flavor you know we could we could take that out and, and so you know. they're decisively engaged they're yep. entertained look when you have that much lead and fireworks in your arsenal the, the hours go by fast Oh, completely. You know, especially <laughs> in the hot summer days when oh. you're <laughs> go, go back. All right. So decisively engaged. All right. So this is a, a, a little bit of a uh, military term that basically just means that this is a unit that is engaged in battle and cannot get out. Like the only way out is to win. Um, so these guys were, were really much, very, really much, <laughs> we're very much in this whole, we're here, we're stuck here. We need, we need to get out of this and we need to, you know, there, there's nothing we can do. It's not like we can walk out the back door and, and everything's going to be fine, especially with that. There, idea. there is no back door, first of all. <laughs> so one of the, they couldn't one make of a back the door. Prior choice was to make a back door. Yeah. <laughs> and where do you pick that from? There's choices. Yep. Yep. So, so that in, actually you brought that up. So now they've got how many different things going on? ton right so what they have to do at that point is figure out what is the main thing like what what is their main priority and, and that's often what we have to do in our lives or just well just in general um let's say you sit down at work and you're for the start of the day you've got to you've got to know what your main priority is you have to understand hey this is the thing that i need to focus on now and to to get my to be good at my job to to meet my my boss's expectations to meet my clients expectations and such and the thing is like for for low level work for so-called low so-called low level oh my gosh uh phil just phil just dropped a gigantic dissertation in our private chat holy cow dude Anywho, um, <laughs> I do that. Yeah, yeah. you do. You do. Uh, anyway, 
if people had access to our private chat <laughs> yeah yeah I, I don't know if that would be um ethical nope. we're not letting that happen that, that's between you and i <laughs> yeah that's where phil can say anything space it's my safe yeah. space it's it really is your safe space um i don't remember where i was now oh yeah you, you gotta sit down you so you're it's the main priority figure out the main priority right like as a frontline worker, as someone who's low level, so most of the time, your main priority is not going to be determined by you. Your main priority is going to be dictated to you by your uh, by your boss or your supervisor or whoever. Like somebody's going to be telling you, this is what I want you to be working on. This is what I'm trying to drive at for you. But then there are some times where you are uh, like a freelancer and you're working for yourself or, and you need to figure that out yourself. Um, we could talk, we could talk about that as a freelancer, like what your main priority is, but this isn't like, uh, whatever. Oh, that'll be an exciting series of calls. There's gotta be a good book that On talks about how to, when you're with a customer, how to rip their soul out to figure out what their problem is, gently massage that show, soul to figure out what they're actually trying to tell you and avoid all the and to then take and give them everything they ever wanted to have without the them having to form the ability to tell you what they want in the first place. Do you want to touch on that a little bit? Because I've, I've got a good, uh, good way to talk about that. Oh, I, I want you to leave that one because um, that's a rabbit <laughs> hole that will waste the whole show for, if I do it because I'm not very eloquent. So the, what, what you're talking about is a phrase that an old CEO of mine used. I don't remember where he came up with it, but when you are a freelancer or when you are in what is called the client services industry, which is where you have clients that you help and you work, uh, you, you, you work on, um, work for, and this, like, this includes a whole host of industries. You need to be a doctor, not a waiter. What that means is a waiter come when, when you sit down at a restaurant, think about what a waiter does. Waiter comes up to you and asks you what you want, right? Like they, they wait on you. They, they dote on you. Um, that's their job is to provide you with what you, what you want, and everything um that's fine for like restaurants that's fine for those types of those types of industries but when you are in the client services industry when it comes let's say to app development or even widget development like things like that you need to be a doctor and what does a doctor do a doctor sits down and starts asking your you questions like all right where's the pain today what brought you in uh what's this what's that Tell me about this. Do you do this? Um, things like that. Like you, you, the doctor starts asking you a series of questions to do what's called a differential diagnosis. And the idea is to try and f narrow down your symptoms to your exact cause. And very often what happens when you come, when you go into a doctor, especially with a uh, certain with certain pain and everything like you think it's one thing but when your doctor sits down and diagnoses you your doctor says it's another thing doctor gives you something to take care of it does something to take care of it and you walk away feeling much better and that's what you need to be uh, in the client services industries you need to sit down with your there's a bug <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little gnat just floating right there easily distracted Squirrel. completely <laughs> uh, so what you need, but what you need to be doing in the client services industry is that. So you need to be sitting there because your clients don't know what they want. 
Um, or let me rephrase that. Your clients don't know what they need. They know what they want. Like they want something, but very often what they want is not exact is not exactly what they need. What they want is very much a symptom of what they need. So if they feel like they, they want some, they want, um, my, my favorite expression of this is you go to, it's like going to the doctor and saying, doctor, I think I have, I have pain here. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and grab the scalpel and do the open heart surgery. Yep. And it's like the doctor saying, okay, all right, here it is. By the way, uh, he, I, I changed your heart for you, gave you a pacemaker and all that, but all you needed was, uh, some, something for heartburn. So here's this medication too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's really just that medication that you really needed in the first place, but then you ended up, yep. And that, and that, that's very often what happens with, uh, within the client services industry is especially within the app building world, because that's what I'm most intimately familiar with. A a client comes to the app development company and says, I want this, I need this. And then the app developer goes and builds this thing for them and they put it out on the market and it flops like crazy it's terrible i i have a very good it never uh, gets to the market <laughs> yeah that's the other part of it i have a couple of good stories with it but one of them was when i was um uh when i was freelancing one of my first clients was this guy who was trying to create an app that would help drive kids to away from like the games to uh, the educational stuff. Basically, it just helped give parents a little more control over how their kids used the um, their mobile devices and and things like that or, or tablets. Great idea. Wonderful idea. But the problem was like I when I joined, I just I just gave him what he wanted. I didn't sit down and talk to him in depth and try and figure out what he needed. So I gave him what he wanted. We spent we, we spent millions of dollars. A lot. Like it was a lot of money. Um and put it out in the market and it crashed and failed so bad. Like it oh, no. was bad. It did not do well at all. And so that like that drove to home to me very, very much like why why it is important to sit down and actually talk to your client and figure out what they need. And that is what like that is what one of your first priorities like that's what your main priority is in the uh, client services industry is to sit down and determine what they need, not what they want, what they need again. Like, so, and that's what you have to try and do with like your teams and such. Like when, when you sit down and you're trying to accomplish something, you need to figure out like, what, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? Like, what is the main goal of it? And, and very often like that main goal could be a, like something amorphous, like, Hey, Let's say the main goal for our team is to, uh, taking that startup example, is to get kids to you uh, to learn more, to to be better stewards of their digital time, to teach them how to be good stewards of their digital time. 
And that's an amorphous goal, but like that's the main priority. So starting with that, you can start create like you can you can create a, a lot of tasks and a lot of little um, priorities that fall under that one. And then the next step with that, in, it's kind of like what they did through the the anecdote is they figured out, OK, our main part, this is what our main priority is. Next step, next thing that we got to do is figure out how we can accomplish that. And then once we figure out how we can accomplish that, what's the next goal? What's the next goal? What's the next goal? Things like that. That's what you like. That's how you go and you execute your um, your plans, your procedures, your your goals as a a team leader or even just as a, a person throughout the day. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I like that. They they have a they uh they use the expression uh, that when you're in a case where it's kind of crazy and you need to make some decisions on the spot, they, they use the expression uh, and I'm putting quote air quotes here: relax, look around, make a call. Yeah, and I like that a lot. I remember I being that taught that. Oh, oh, oh uh, when I was going through some training and everything like that was one of the num- biggest things that we always were taught, especially because in the industry that are in the um, in the area that I was in, when emergencies came up, they were bad. Um, like stop dropping rule. No, no, more like we could kill a lot of people um, if we if we. We screwed up. Um, it, it was so. It was very much like, all right. So this emergency alarm is going off. Stop what you're doing. Observe. So look look at what's going on. See what the alarm is. Remain calm. Act. Like lean on your training. Lean on your your procedures and things like that. Because uh, and, and it's very and that's what's that's something that's very important when you are feeling overwhelmed. First thing that you can that you do is you just sit down and relax, like calm down. And I don't mean like relax as in sit down and watch TV. You know, oh, right. Don't sit down and reflect on your life. Yeah, definitely don't do that. <laughs> just sit down, take a deep breath, calm down. And then at that point, I I usually like um, David Allen's getting things done, uh, his methodology for when I'm feeling overwhelmed, which is to sit down and like calm down and then write everything down that's on my mind. Just everything, all of the tasks, absolutely everything that I need to get done. Once I do that, then I can sit down and I can look at those and see, all right, what, what is the main part, my main priority here? And, and what is my net, like, what, what do I need to focus on? What do I need to do to move, move the needle and stuff? And even then, like, that's also what it is for me whenever I'm like leading a team is I, I'm getting overwhelmed. I've got a lot of stuff going on. People are coming to me and asking me tons of questions and stuff. It, it's okay. Okay. I've got this supervisor over here asking me something. I've got this person under me asking me something. I've got this other supervisor asking me to do blah, 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 blah. Okay, calm down. Who do <laughs> I need to talk to first? Who do I need? What do I need to do first? And very and very often, um, I approach that, from, especially from a business sense, uh, as a what is, like, what is my main goal? What makes me money right now? Like, um, so let's take a tangent here for, for a moment. Um, operating systems and computers. 
everybody has an opinion on these. Everybody has some strong opinions on them uh, too. Uh, some people really like Windows and will uh, stand by it. Some people really are into the Apple I love Windows. The blue screen of death always made me feel warm and cuddly. You know, and seeing that it was just, it, I liked it. It was, just, it was uh, I like their choice of blue because yeah. blue calm too. It's just, yes, it was calm. just the wrong shade of blue. It, it needed to be a little, uh, a little calmer, calmering, calming, a little more, more calming, calming a little yeah. less often. Yes. Yep. And yep. otherwise, it's perfect. <laughs> yep. And then there's some people who fall into the Apple cult and just like buy nothing yeah. but Apple and love Apple stuff. And then there are the weirdos. Fan of because all this trouble started when one chick bit from this Apple and we're still <laughs> dealing with that damn Apple. Yep. Exactly. I mean, that's why there's that bite out of the Apple, right? <laughs> that's what it's for, right? <laughs> I don't actually remember why they designed the bite. There's a good reason for it that I don't remember now. Um, but then there are the weirdos who love Linux and live and die by Linux. And I do mean live and die by Linux. Okay. So here's the thing. Here's where I am at. I don't care. I just don't care about any of those three. I do not care. Like I am at the point in my career, I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, I do not want to be messing around with computer stuff. I do not want, I do not want to be sitting there falling into these stupid idiotic debates about whether or not Linux is better than Apple is better than Windows. I think they are dumb debates and anybody, and this is like, this is going to be a flame war and all that stuff. Anybody and anybody who engages in that, you're an idiot for engaging in that conversation. I am serious about that. I it is the oh come on, there's entertainment value just to pick a fight and see what somebody says. You you are absolutely correct. There is entertainment value in that. But if you're engaging in that because you are you are pro one or the over the other, then you're. I'm sorry, uh, sorry, but the fact of the matter is, you're an idiot. Okay. The, 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 the thing is I'm at the point in my life and, and I, I want everybody else to get to this point too, especially when it comes to like their tools and their tooling and things like that. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm a tool. I get it. Yes, you are. <laughs> is just. Windows are nothing. <laughs> sorry. What, sorry. <laughs> what, what makes you the most productive? Or what, what are you like, what, what are you here for? What are you doing? Like, what is your main goal? Oh, deep questions. All right. Why are you my main, this? like my main goal here, especially as a developer, especially as a programmer and now an instructor and all these other things is to produce code. Okay. When I get hired by a company, that's what they expect of me. They expect me to produce code. That's it. They don't care about anything else. Okay. So because that is my main priority, that is my number one thing. I want to remove every single roadblock in my way to me producing code. Okay. Because that is my main priority. Philip, Phil Cutting is typing. Anyway. Good point. Uh, Phil points out that the the main job of a programmer is to solve problems and not produce code. It's a good point. Fair point. Okay. (laughs) I got to remove. 
What? My wrench. Eh, I throw really a wrench in there. Nah, eh, nah, it's a good point. It's a good one. Um, so taking that, like, that's why I get hired, okay? And anything that stands in my way of doing that is, is I need to remove it. So that's why I stopped using Linux because every time like I turn around, I'm breaking the operating system and I'm spending a half day, half of a day fixing it and trying to get it to work and trying to get like trying to figure out why do I need to download this plugin or this codec and compile it locally like WTF like that's not that's not there. I can't charge a client for that half day. I can't. That's unethical of me, just completely and utterly unethical. And Windows is very much along the same lines. It was just very much like, okay, this is a pain in the butt. I hate dealing with it, blah, 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 blah. So that's why I've I've settled on Apple. I have my gripes with it. I have my gripes with, with Macs and all these other different things. Like I have just, I have gripes and it's not perfect and it will never be perfect. But it works and I can produce my code. I can solve my problems just without all of the pain and the heartache of it. And that's what this whole chapter is basically about is sitting down and figuring out what is your priority? What is your main goal? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to get done? What are you trying to accomplish? Once you know that, once you have a clarity on that view, on that idea, then you can start making appropriate decisions. I got clarity on my problem, which was I'm I'm being hired to, as Phil points out, solve problems. And if and if my tools are the problem, then I need to get different. I need new tools. I need to prioritize getting new tools so that I can solve problems for my clients and such. So there you go. That is prioritize and execute. Yeah, execution. So Max, so if I filter all that down, basically what we're saying is if you're a developer and you want to execute and get a job done, get a Mac. Yes. Okay. <laughs> right. Next. No, I'm just one. kidding. I'm just kidding on that one. <laughs> well, no, honestly, um, if you're a developer, uh, nowadays you almost need a Mac uh, because if you're going to end up developing something for iOS, okay, if you're going to develop something for Windows, you can essentially do it from a Mac most of the time. Um, you know, if you're a mobile app developer, definitely a, a Mac. Of course, if you're going to do some kind of server stuff, then it's depends on the it depends on that. Um, mm-hmm. There are some Windows based servers, but now I think they're they're having their own kept, uh, kernel that's uh, Linux ish, right? Well, so if I remember correctly, um, the the current the, the main kernel of Windows for the longest time has been a Unix based uh, kernel. Um, they've just uh, made, they just made a lot of changes to it that kind of made it so that it wasn't very, and, and so it was a lot of pain points and things like that. But the, the thing is they, there's, there's a lot of history there. Maybe we should like pick up a history book on, on, uh, uh, the history of windows because it's a very interesting business history. I'd have fun uh, with that. Yeah, me too. One thing I, I do want to point out, and it kind of came um, from my notes and stuff, is like when you're a leader and, and you're 
This is something that is very difficult for the people who are transitioning from frontline worker to manager to leader and such is you need to stay away from the front lines. You need to stay away from the minutia of the day-to-day operations uh, for, um, for business, like for what's going on, because your job at that point, like you need to sit down. This is kind of going back to the main main point, main things. Like you need to sit down and, uh, what do you call it? Um, like your main job, the reason why they are paid, you are being paid, is for that strategic vision, is for that uh, the keeping keeping your sights on the horizon and not on the foreground. Like that's your job. And so because of that, you need to stay away from the day-to-day things and uh, just maintain the, the, uh, the vision. And on top of that, it's also your job to make sure that you are constantly communicating things to them. So uh, one of the things that they talk about, and I don't remember if it's in this chapter, or maybe it's in another, uh, they talk about that, when they were training uh, SEAL leaders, what they dis- what they they knew this, but what they also really solidified and discovered is the best ones were were not the ones who led the charge. Uh, they were not the ones who went in first because they they were very often the ones who got so caught up in the the like in the action that they couldn't make strategic calls for for the team at that at that point and nor was it the one who led from the back where they sent everybody in because they couldn't see what was going on up front and then make even better calls the best were the ones who were right in the middle of the team who who had guys go in before them they went in and then they had guys come in after because they were able to see everything that was going on in front of them and at the same time they were uh, far enough removed from it that they could essentially as as phil pointed out set back remain calm and then make their calls so that's something to to point out too if if i could put an illustration to that no um (laughs) one that's beautiful (laughs) without lead right yes Uh, imagine you have a manufacturing company right so you're the ceo in my mind you got you ought to be spending quite a bit of time down among the the production right mm-hmm. um but you you cannot be sitting there and say and walking through there and saying oh this machine doesn't sound right and open it up mm-hmm. and get in there right mm-hmm. and start playing with it you need to then grab the guy that's responsible for that section put point that to his attention and delegate that out and move on to the next problem and continue on your process. Yeah. So it's it's really about having vi- visual, having a line of sight on the problem. Yep. Whatever that means, having a line of sight on it, getting somebody on that, passing the responsibility of that to them, going on to make the next choice. Maybe looking back and say, is it okay or not? Okay. Right. Yeah. But you need to you need to be able to delegate that. But you need to be in it to see the problem. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're, you are correct. You are 100% correct. When I was working in the shipyard, um, one of the things that distinguished good managers from the, the poor ones or good supervisors from the poor ones were the ones who did go on uh, walk the floor and, and observe things and talk to the people and just try and get, in a, get a high level view. And it, and I shouldn't, you know what? I shouldn't even say high level view because they were constantly in meetings where they got high level views, but maybe get more of a mid level view of what was going on. Like they were talking to people to get an, a grasp of what the frontline workers were seeing and what they were uh, talking to people about. And things like that are very, it's very important to be able to do that because then you, at that point, you, you kind of have a grasp of, you get a better, let me put it this way. You get a better feel for the way the project is going and the, and the way things are going than if you just sit in your office all day and hear uh, happy talk from the supervisors, happy talk or negative talk. Because that's that's really what the, a lot of those meetings ended up being uh, when I was in there and observing them. It was, it was either super high, positive, we're going to get this done today, or it was negative, we're not going to be able to get this done there was no like in the middle type ground and so it was hard for these high high level guys to get the appropriate picture of what was going on until it was too late and so that's why when they walked the floors and stuff they kind of they got a grasp of all that now i will admit the guys who were the frontline workers hated it when they walked the floors because they would point out yeah that's not safe yeah you need to be doing it this way that type of stuff so yeah, but that's their job. The yeah. um, and to be my own devil's advocate, uh, oh, you God can't. No. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I am the good and the dark angel on both shoulders. Um, you are a walking, talking nineteen fifties Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you should have. One day, I'll, I'll share stories. I um, my wife got an MBA. And oh I did every class with her, every assignment, except for just the final project. So uh, I can say, like, I have the background of an MBA, <laughs> but I'm, I compared the students in her classes to specific uh, Looney Tune characters. Oh, God. And that really pissed people off. Um, probably because of the accuracy and the painfulness of it. Uh, but it, that's, it, it that's really funny. Painful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People don't like hearing that they're Taz um, or the lesser <laughs> charms of Daffy Duck. Um, but the um, as the, as these leaders, you, the floor is part of it, right? You got to get off the floor and to look at the the sales and to look at the other parts of the business that yep. uh, are not visible from clinks and bangs and that's um that's kind of hard also so the um one of the things they point out on their less they did they did like a two minute uh, on the audiobook they had like a three minute section on principles on this one it was it was pretty long section yeah. just to point out this and that's kind of it's why this one is different than a lot of the others because they really spent some time talking about the principles of this rather yep. than the illustrations I mean, would you say that there is a, a dichotomy going on? There is a dichotomy, which teases us about the dichotomy of leadership that we can which do another time. 
Well, yeah, we're, um, we're going to do that uh, later. We're going to cover other books before that one. <laughs> right. Um, one the, so one of the... Do, do you have anything else? No, you just already go for it. Okay, cool. One of the things I, I do want to point out is in their anecdote, uh, business anecdote, one of the things that they start talking about is... So this is, it is kind of an interesting... Um, segue connection, things like that. Um, they talk about a company that has a ton of different initiatives, like they're they're losing money, and the CEO is trying to figure out why they're losing money and trying to fix that. And uh, basically, Jocko goes and asks the CEO, like, "What's your highest priority?" And the CEO gives it to him, and Jocko's like, "Okay, focus on that. Just focus on that." And the the, uh, the CEO is like, "Well, but what about all these other initiatives? They're they're gonna fall off the bandwagon." And Jocko's like, "I know. I think they're really good. They're probably going to pan out. But you need to fix this one thing first. Like, you need to focus on this first. And he and he basically tells the CEO, "Like, I'm not saying throw them away, get rid of them. I'm saying put more res- resources on this one thing." Just this one major important thing. I think he says put all your resources into one. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Um, so here's the quote. He says, I'm not saying to throw them away. They sound like great initiatives that are definitely important, but you won't move the needle on them when you are spread so thin. My suggestion is to focus on one. And when that one is complete, or at least has some real momentum, then you move on to the next one and focus on it. When that one is done, then move on to the next and so on down the line until you have knocked them all out. So, that's what he's saying, um, which is, I don't know. Take it how, however you want. If you are if you are, are a leader and you want to throw all of your resources on one thing and leave other stuff off to the side, just make sure that that one thing is definitely the main priority and, and go and do and, and go and focus on that. But if you want to focus, but if you want to like put a, more, like most of your focus on that one thing and have a few other little things going on, that's cool too that's the way i'm interpreting that paragraph of what he said i liken this to um the debt snowball okay do do you know about what the debt snowball is no no share it do you know who dave ramsey is dave ramsey the cookie guy cooking guy oh my god no 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 who's Dave dave oh my god do you know about Financial Peace University? Who? What's money? Oh, my God. I can't believe you don't know any of this. All right, cool. I'm going to uh, introduce you to Dave Ramsey. We're going to have to do uh, the uh, book called The Total Money Makeover at some point then. Uh, okay, so Dave Ramsey is a financial guru. Uh, a lot of people swear by his uh, his methods. I do and I don't. <laughs> I think there's a lot of wisdom in his uh, financial um, advice and in his financial methods. And I think it's one of those things where you have to sit down and actually determine uh, whether or not it is actually truly appropriate to you. But one of the big ones that I think everybody should be following on his, like this is one of those truisms, is the debt snowball. And essentially what that is, you sit down, and you lay out all of your debt. You under like you lay out all of your debt payments. So like all of your credit cards, your student loans if you have them, your home, your uh, car, anything, your anything that's debt. 
related. Now your home, you, you, you pull that out. Okay. So that's the first thing that you got to do. You got to pull that out because that's, uh, uh, that's not something that you can tackle very easily with the debt snowball. The idea then is to rearrange and organize your debt from smallest to largest. So if you have a credit card that has a thousand dollars on it, that's, and then you have everything else, like you have a credit card of a thousand dollars, you have another credit card of 5,000, then you have student loans that total 20,000, then you have a $50,000 car loan. That's the order that you, you put it in. And then you tackle that first one. Disregarding the interest rate. Yes. That's the other thing you have to throw out. You like, you have to ignore the interest rate too, with all of this. So the next thing that you have to do, so the first thing that you do is you focus on that smallest one first. Okay. And you tackle that because, and you put as much money towards that as well. But at the same time, you're still meeting your other financial obligations. So you're, you're still meeting your monthly payments for the other debts, but you're focusing on that, that smallest one first. And the reason you do that is it's a lot quicker and a lot faster to pay that down. And then you get to feel that, that little bit of rush of, oh my gosh, I just paid off that little bit of debt. Hey, cool. And then you take your debt payment, like, so if you had that $1,000 credit card and your monthly payment was uh, 50, uh, was $50 on that one. And then you have like that $5,000 credit card and your, your monthly payment is on that, uh, on that is a hundred dollars. You take that $50 and you add it to the next one. So instead of paying a hundred dollars a month on your $5,000 credit card, you're now paying $150 on it and, and so on and so on and so on. So by the time you get down to your car, you're car paint, like the, the amount of money that you're putting into your car payment is big and it's, it's like a snowball. So just like a snowball rolling down a hill, it theoretically starts out small and then gets really big. I've tried it. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> you just need a steeper hill. Yeah, sure. Maybe I need to live in a cartoon. <laughs> Avalanche. Yep. So that's the debt snowball. And, and a lot of that is very much like what Jocko is talking about with the with your priorities and stuff. When you when you sit down and, and you make and you create your priority list and you know what your main priority is and you've put a ton of attention on that main priority while having like a little bit of a little bit of attention on the other ones. As soon as that main priority is done, you can then shift all of your focus on that secondary and you keep going down the list and that's how you succeed. That's how you become super productive if you want to feel as productive. So, yeah, now I'm familiar with this one. Um, I, I, I saw this picture. I'm like, oh, they were empty. Yeah. Okay. How? Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to hear it out anyways. The, um, I don't know how I feel about his concept. I think it's great uh, if you yeah. lack discipline and self-control. Um, the, we we can have, uh, the long and short of it, it with him is he's he's very you follow my way or you don't if you don't uh-huh. follow my way you're not going to get out of debt and you're not and, and, <laughs> and he's probably but, mostly right well and the thing is like you cannot argue with his results because they have they have thousands and thousands of families and people who have got a gotten out of debt because of him and b become what they call everyday millionaires because of his his methods i can't argue with his methods i will not argue with his methods but i'm not necessarily going to sit there and follow his methods myself because i don't necessarily think that his methods are right for me so anyway awesome yeah one day 
maybe we will argue over Sabathis. That might be fun. Um, I, I do, I do like some of the stuff. Like, I do like his priorities and things like that. Like, you, you want to get a little bit of, of savings up first, and then you want to pay down your debt, and then you want to get more savings. Oh, yeah, all good principles. Like, like, yeah, they're good principles. I just think there are certain aspects of it. But yeah, maybe we should do his book, uh, Total Money Makeover, at some point. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. I think that'd yeah. be fun. The, we can um, debate my, my view on this, uh, not to pull back from Dave. Uh, <laughs> Same topic, though, not pulling you away from the fun, is that um, you go all in, right? Yeah. But you don't race, waste resources, yes. right? So his first job is to get the sales team more efficient, right? Yep. So you look at, you start off and you say, okay, what are all the resources that I have? And, you know, you draw a circle around the ones that you can use to, they'll have any kind of benefit on the that process and you're going to have some resources out there they're obviously not related to fixing the sales process right they're going to be outside of it uh at least initially um and then you're going to have some stuff inside that circle that is only going to be useful for like 20 minutes yep Right. You grab those, you have to get their, their contribution. You put them out of that circle and you, you start your initiative for the, the sales process. Then you look at your other list and you say, okay, with these other resources, based off what I prioritized, what can I also get going yes. without pulling yep. any resources from the first big initiative. Now you may have to go way down the list and find something that you don't think is significant, yep. right? But that's that's my perspective on it. You, you focus on the big thing, you can take all the resources you need, you get those out, you make, you make it so that people know that's a priority. They're gonna still eat and drink water and breathe a little bit of air, but they're gonna, they're focusing on fixing that problem. When they're out of it, they go on to the next and you can handle multiple things, but you can't just say, I want to fix sales. I want to fix production. I want yeah. to go out there and fix our branding. And I want to redo the website and I need to do a new logo and I need to yeah. talk to my astrologist. And I need to go back and get an education <laughs> in this concept. And gosh, I would like to also learn how to play guitar and saxophone. You are. And oh, crap, I have three kids and I hope one of them doesn't ever get sick. Oh God. <laughs> you are 100% correct. I, I think that I think everything that you just said is right on the money on, on, mm -hmm. on that. And I I want I want to leave it there. I want to say, hey, because I think you just summed up everything about this chapter so well. And in, in my view, like it's this. I'll, I'll, I'll leave my, my final word on this will be, I think this chapter is definitely a very important chapter for people. It's also a very hard, uh, hard concept for people to implement. Not a hard, I don't think it's a hard concept for people to grasp. I just think it's a hard concept for people to implement because very often we are not very clear on what our main priority is and, and other things get in the way. But anyway, so 
everything Phil just said is 100% correct. And if you are having trouble with that, just like clip what he said and <laughs> repeat it back to yourself over and over and over again. So there you go. <laughs> Phil, you got anything else? Uh, you know, I'm going to, I have some stuff I want to play with after, after the main call. Cool. Um, but I don't, I don't think there's anything I can add to the, this main section about, about that. All right. <laughs> so we will be switching over to the paid side in three, two, one. All right, everyone. That's it for this episode, but our discussion didn't end here. We actually went on for another hour or so. If you would like to hear the rest of that discussion or the full unedited podcast, please head on over to do two dudes with an opinion.locals.com. That's two, the number two, dudes with an opinion.locals.com. And for the just the price of a cup of coffee, you can hear that full unedited version. And if you want to talk to Phil and I directly, uh, just buy us a, you know, trip to McDonald's. That's it. That's all we ask. Anyway, if you enjoyed this and like what we are doing, please leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. That really helps us in the charts. If you didn't enjoy it, well, well, I'm sorry. You can just drop Phil a line and, and let him know what you what you thought and his uh, email is in the podcast notes so just let him know he likes to hear from you before you go please hit that subscribe button so you can get the latest episode from us otherwise you can find all of our social media uh, in the podcast notes if you want to connect us with us there if you do all that we'll continue bringing you these great episodes these great discussions thank you for listening and we'll talk to you later